welcome to episode 56 of the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. In today's episode, we discuss Magnificent Ms. Marvel number 3, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur 42 and 43, Marvel Rising 2 and 3, and Marvel Team-Up number 2. That's quite a list. That's Yeah, that's a lot of yep. books we've uh, got behind the curve a little bit. Yeah, but you guys had to catch up on the Fantastic Four, so... We did, which was last episode. If you still haven't caught that... Go and catch it. Doc came back. Yeah, which was it was a really good fun, really good fun episode to record. Now we just need to get Doc in with all four of us. <laughs> and there will be a Fantastic Four. Yay! Yay! So, in, before we get started with our uh, reviews of the comics, um, we have some news. Uh, Lockjaw is in Guardians of the Galaxy number five. Um, we know that Donnie and Kate likes to tie his stories together, so maybe we'll get the rest of the Inhumans. We had a Black Bolt cameo and a flashback in issue one. Hopefully, we get the rest of them. Um, and Jeff Shaw uh is really good at drawing dogs guys yes it, lockjaw is is just precious in this yeah i mean this is well, one Lockjaw's of the just precious in general well yeah yeah this is this is one of the books where uh, i've got like a stack of like 60 books to read i think i've read I, the i read I the initial issue oh this is 60 books that i've redeemed i've still got like another stack of 30 yeah <laughs> i'm so behind this is one of them what else what? is in the news <laughs> Well, also in that issue, we find out that Beta Ray Bill has been watching over the Inhumans, who are in hiding since the events of Death of the Inhumans. Okay, I'm going to cut you off really quick, because mm-hmm. that made me think of something. Somebody recently on Twitter described Beta Ray Bill as BoJack Horseman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then somebody drew fan art of it. It was it was perfect. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to interrupt you because that was important. <laughs> oh, Jack Norseman. My life is now complete. I did not know I was missing that. But anyway, continue. There's fan art. Just, just Google it. You'll find it. It's amazing. And, you know, in this, the issue we find out that Bill can speak Lockjaw and he, he translates for him. Yeah, that, that's the story you just really want to see, right? Oh. Uh, you want to see know, some we- flashbacks. Well, it, it was hinted in Death of the Inhumans that Beta Ray Bill and Lockjaw have been on many adventures together, and I really, really need to see those adventures now. Yeah, is yeah. It, isn't it just the fact that like like they they specifically called it out as like um, Beta Ray Bill basically joined the Inhumans because of Lockjaw? Like, yes, <laughs> I, I know we yes. don't like to, I know we don't like to talk about Death of the Inhumans, but that was. Yeah, that no, was my favorite. We don't bit. because I, I would have been. I'm sorry, and I'm. I'm just gonna say <laughs> I would have been happy if you know Royals had been it, and there had been none. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but besides it, the point, I digress. It it is nice though that Beta Ray Bill has kind of adopted them now, seeing yeah. as how the Corbinites that he used to look after are missing. Were missing. I'm not gonna say they're I mean, dead. If you've read the comic that it happens in their souls are in like a pokeball somewhere out in space <laughs> and he doesn't know where i choose you <laughs> well if he lost a little pokeball that has them there would the royal family really want beta ray bill watching after them <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And, and honestly they're pretty capable of looking after themselves i think i mean between we've got medusa who's a badass you've got karnak who's a badass you've got Black Ball, who's Black Ball? He's a badass. Black Bolt, a badass. who's a badass, and then you've got Crystal, who is arguably, badass. yeah, she's a badass, <laughs> and she should ever be. She should be depicted every bit as powerful as Storm, and she's not, and it still makes me angry. 
if not more powerful than Storm because she can also control Earth. Yep. So, for those who play video games, uh, Crystal and Marvel Future Fight is fantastic. Isn't she fun? I told you she was fun. Oh, (laughs) and if you get the Fantastic Four suit for her, her power set changes, and it's so impressive. And this is why we're all fans of the Fantastic Uh, Four, isn't that right? (laughs) We're working on it. I honestly, I'm sorry guys, but I'm having a hard time with them. It's, it's okay. Um, it's okay. We don't need to go down uh, that road. It's fine. No, I would probably have. I'm probably gonna have to square John the suit in future fight because I have my crystal maxed out to level sixty so far with the six stars and all the mastery and shit. I just need to trick her out a bit more, and I think she could use a suit upgrade. So she's got her royal suit on right now, which is pretty badass. But I really struggle with mobile games, guys. I just. Future Fight's a lot of fun. That's the only one I've stuck with consistent, well, uh, even remotely yeah. consistently. I tried the only problem convert. with Future Fight is that it lacks Jessica Drew. It's got every other freaking Of course it does. Character. Of course it does. <laughs> it does not have Jessica oh, Drew. Oh, how long did that take? Five minutes. Five <laughs> minutes. Uh, five minutes and we've got mention of Spider-Woman. I think that's a record. <laughs> no, it's not. I've mentioned it faster before. Um... <laughs> Oh, but I think so. If you're saying if they were an inhuman, where would they hide? Um, well, Bill probably lost them in a Pokeball out in space. Well, <laughs> well, if I was an inhuman, I mean, there was a there was Oralan, which was um, you know, which is a nice little inhuman settlement. That's quite nice. That'd be a nice hiding space uh, spot. Oh yeah, that would be good. Oralan would be good. I didn't think about that. Nice, Adam. Yeah, but I I doubt it's there since the yeah. royals were lost yeah. in space. So. Well, wherever they are, Bill approved of their choice. Yes. But also, Moon Girl finally meets Valeria and Reed in Fantastic Four issue 10. I'm glad that finally happened, even though I unfortunately have not read that. Yeah, yeah I, there, I, I need to catch there's up. There's a little posturing to start off with, by, but they're friends by the end. Yeah, which is which is great, which is what you want, obviously. But I think the age difference between the two of them is, is going to be quite an interesting one, because Valeria is now effectively a teenager. Yeah, she's uh, like 15, 16. Uh, I, th- I think slightly younger than that, but um, yeah, it's, it's Franklin that's about that age, but uh, oh, okay. Valeria's a little bit younger. But yeah, so the age difference will be interesting, but Reed, Reed is, Reed is uh, quite funny in that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the girls start to argue and he kind of peeks in from off panel in a way that only Mr. Fantastic can. <laughs> and yeah, I'm very proud of both of you. Yeah. Always remember, you kids are the future. That's, right. um, that's so the they only... live on Moon Girl Street now, don't they? Yancey they Street, do. Yeah. That's interesting. So it's kind of. I think I mentioned it. In the so last what did episode. Valeria think of the dinosaur? Was the dinosaur in it? He he was. Devil dinosaur was in it. I don't think there was there was much of a reaction, but I'm pretty sure the Fantastic <laughs> so, Four is used to that kind of stuff. Holy shit, a dinosaur. Well, you know, oh. a dinosaur, whatever. <laughs> it's devil dinosaur with flaming eyes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only panel I actually saw from that issue, and I was like, I just cracked up reading it. But I need to catch up so badly. So do I. I finally started on trying to catch up on War of the Realms, and that's been... Okay. Go. It's been very good, but it's hard, because I know I'm missing stuff, and I'm like, ah! Yeah, I was going to say, it's like the the end, it's like the whole of Jason Aaron's Thor saga. Which I haven't read any of, so, you know. I I highly recommend it if you haven't, because that obviously obviously includes the whole of James Thor, um, the God Butcher stuff, Original Sin, um... Avengers yeah, now. So yeah. I'm gonna gonna have to bite the bullet, and I'm, I I would 
be very surprised if the Jane Foster door didn't come in hard back, and I buy it in that. Do you know, what? Uh, I'm, I'm still waiting for the final Jane Foster Thor book to actually be released in the UK. It's it's really frustrating me because I cannot find it anywhere. And ugh. I did get Saga Volume Three though. That's good. That came out in hardback, so I have that now. That's good. Speaking yes. of comic books, should we dive into the reviews? Yes. So the first one is a uh, magnificent Miss Marvel issue three was written by Saladin Ahmed. Our test is uh, uh, now I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's uh, Minkyu Young, inkers uh, Juan Blasco, colorist Ian Herring, letterer Joe Caramagna. Or Car- is it? Is that how you say it? Caramagna. Caramagna. Joe Caramagna. Okay. Uh, the cover is uh, Edward Petrovich. It's a very it pretty cover. Yes. I approve it. Yes, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was quite nice. Do you want to take the review, Lynn? All right. The story picks up where we left off, in a hangar with three aliens pronouncing Ms. Marvel to be the Sword of Safa, the chosen one destined to save their people. Kamala is hesitant to go help the guys who've put her through so much grief, but the aliens lay on a nice guilt trip by showing her pictures of their grandkids, and then a simulation of those same grandkids getting attacked by the Beast Legions. Mr. Khan and Bruno don't like this idea but the ever-surprising Mrs. Khan suggests a compromise. (laughs) The best compromise. (laughs) (laughs) She and Mr. Khan will go to space, too. And nobody likes that idea except for the aliens, who immediately teleport them away to their home planet, where everyone, minus Bruno and one of the aliens, reappear in a banquet hall. There, they meet Malik Zir, quote, the rightful ruler of this world, end quote. Which is a red flag. If someone feels the need to proclaim themselves the rightful ruler, they probably aren't. Malik's advisors explain the history of their planet via an ancient text. The citizens of Safa lived in peace until the Unseen Masters arrived and enslaved their world, forcing them to build the Great Machine. That is, until the Destined One appeared, who drove the Beast Legions away and promised to watch over Safa as she left. The book then gives a warning. The Beast Legions will someday return but so too will the destined one. The seriousness of the situation becomes clear once it's revealed that the missing alien with the eye patch sacrificed himself to bring Kamala to Safa. The discussion is cut short by a cry from the hall. A pillar has collapsed, trapping a little boy underneath it. Ms. Marvel makes quick work of rescuing him, and the accident is blamed on a group of rebels. The Khan family is shown to their room, and Kamala's parents voice their concerns about all this attention going to her head. Once her parents are asleep, Kamala sneaks out and finds her hosts engaged in torturing a prisoner. Kamala rescues the hunky rebel leader, (laughs) grabs her parents, who immediately commence with chaperoning, and they steal a spacecraft and make a run for it. Their escape does not go unnoticed, and Malik Zir has them shot down. The Chosen One will survive, but the passengers are of no consequence. I give this one a 4.5 out of 5 Lockjaws. I loved this issue, and I love Saladin Ahmed's writing. Um, yeah. He's perfect successor. It's right. He's really he's really kept her voice. Yeah, he's yeah. done it. I I mean, I didn't really have any doubts at all. Anyway, when I heard he was the one taking over um, Ms. Marvel, um, I had I had zero doubts because. Black Bolt was so amazing, and, and I even enjoyed Quicksilver as someone who's not a Quicksilver fan. So, um, yeah, I 
absolutely loved this issue and where it ended has me worried for the next issue. <laughs> but I also oh. cannot wait for the next issue. So I'm going to give it I really want to give it a 5 out of 5. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, I I think I I'd, I'd give it somewhere between a 4.5 and a 5 out of 5 cuz I really enjoyed it too. Um and it's kind of like one of those those issues where it's just it's just exactly what you think parents are going to do but just like to the extreme. <laughs> like the <laughs> fact that it, the fact that her parents go into space with her, I think that's just the best. Uh it's just uh, I love it. And we book. should we should probably note that Mrs. Khan does the narrating of this issue. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which actually had had me very concerned because well, yeah, especially where it ends. Yes, you know, it's that's something that the character who dies usually does. And if anything happens to Mrs. Khan, I'm going to riot. Yeah. I love her so much. Well, Saladin Ahmed did go on record to say that they're putting her through the ringer. So yeah, I think it may well be um, that she thinks that her parents are goners, potentially. Um, you know, to get her on side and that kind of stuff. I don't know. We'll have to wait for it at issue, uh, issue four. Yeah, so some thoughts on this um, issue? Yeah, who exactly was the person before? Like... <laughs> Like who? Who's the person that actually saved them the first time? Could it be a time traveling Ms. Marvel, or are we going with the whole idea of Inhumans being born for one purpose, and occasionally an Inhuman with the same power shows up again? See, I, I like that, but I also like the fact that we had Singularity in the uh, in the arc directly before this. I think in the last arc of Ms. Marvel. So I kind of like to think. Yeah, that... because that was foreshadowing. Because she mm-hmm. took, because Miss Marvel wound up there. Yeah. And Singularity was like, uh, yeah, no, not yet, and popped her back out. Which to me suggests that potentially she does time travel at some point, and that'd be really cool. Um, in 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 some ways, it's kind of a, a shame that G. Willow Wilson didn't get to to write that because obviously Singularity was one of her creations, I believe. Um, but still, if that actually happens, that'd be really cool. And we also know that Saladin is, is very keen on, um, continuity, continuity, but also he, he likes the, like, what I really like about his writing is the fact that he spaces all of the stories out really well. Yes. Um, you know, so, so five issues, whilst it is still five issues, it, it, it feels like a complete arc or six issues or however long it will be. It's like a complete story, he, and it's he does. really well paced. He, he, yeah, he, his pacing is like incredible because you can you'll have a five issue arc, and it feels like you've read an entire novel, and like he packs a lot of information. Yeah, yeah. And, in in an issue without it being overwhelming. Exactly, and I kind of think that this is going to be no different. I think it's not. I I can't see that. Well, maybe I can. Maybe we can, but. Um, the whole story fitting in six issues or five issues or however long this one's going to be, that's, that to me is going to be difficult because we're only, you know, only just starting it properly and it's, it's kind of but no it idea also, where it's going to go. Right. And it also could be too, and I have a feeling Saladin might do this, is that he's going to start a lot of threads in this and then they're all going to tie together much later down the line is what I really think is going to happen. Definitely. Um, 
there was a point made going back to the Inhumans uh, being born with powers for a specific task. Um, Kid Kaiju? Yep. Um, so he's one of those monsters invaded and there was an Inhuman like them to fight him. Um, and he's coming back. He's, I think I saw a, um, preview, one of the, um, solicitations, uh, for, I think August. He'll be back. So. Yes, he's getting a one shot. Yeah. So I'm intrigued. Cause I actually, I think that's a pretty brilliant character and I would love to see more of him. Um, I really think that's a cool power to have. Um, so. Yeah, that's really intriguing. I like that theory. And then I would like to know what every other inhuman specific purpose is. So that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I think There's so much you could do with the inhumans. People are like, oh, no, they're X-Men light or whatever. And I'm like, no. They're completely different. They're completely different. And this is like part of that. So if they have like specific purposes, like when they go undergo teragenesis, like and now we don't even have we can't even they can't even undergo teragenesis anymore. So now what you're going to do? I don't know. That's a really interesting thought. Well, I think the um, the the other the other point we want to make was the fact that in that issue with Singularity, um, she appeared to see an an, an ancestor that appeared. I, I believe this is the same issue, right? Um, so or yep. one of that or that same arc at least. Yeah. So she appeared to see a, an ancestor who comes from space, uh, which could suggest that the that the the, the race of people that she's now saving are. Mm-hmm. A <clears throat> undiscovered or you know a different um, universal inhuman uh, race, I guess. Yeah, race. Yeah. Um, which would be really interesting because I'd actually kind of love that whole. Uh, I, I'd kind of love to see that whole uh, the cosmic stuff always like tying into it really nicely, and just new stuff, not just you know re- recycling the same old like Chimelians and right whoever else. So that'd be really good. That would be really cool. That would be that would be cool. So Lynn, do you do you have some thoughts on uh, Mrs. Khan? Oh, I just I love her, and yeah, it wasn't until this um, comic started back up again that I remembered that Mr. Khan still didn't know Kamala's secret identity. Mm. It was Mrs. Khan who figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he didn't expect her to be as supportive as, as she, she was. was. Yeah, and she and, and this issue was almost like a whole issue of her like letting go, if you know what I mean, yeah. you know, letting Kamala grow up. Um, yeah. Or, or not even that, it's just like she knows this she's issue here. broke my heart a little bit because having her narrate it and then the ending where we don't know exactly how it ends. Oh yeah, that is... I'm like I'm I'm like trying to prepare myself for the next issue. I, I think that's the beauty of writing comics. It's just the fact that you can do that kind of stuff, and it's so visual because you know exactly who is who is writing it. You know who is narrating it. And I think it's something very specific to comics as well. That's like because it's a visual medium, it's just great. But you can uh, you can also send your letters. Uh, through to, to the letters page, which is holler at Kamala, uh, which is what M Heroes at Marvel dot com. I want to say yes, M Heroes yeah. at Marvel dot com. Yeah, uh, I'm, for, I'm going to after this one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Um, I haven't written about Miss Marvel. They they kind of know me in that inbox because I write to them kind of frequently. Um, 
Um, yeah, so guys, write your letters. Um, doesn't matter what comic book it is. Um, if you really like something, you need to let Marvel know. So for um, Miss Marvel, it's uh, mheroes at marvel.com. I think for Moon Girl, it's Mondo. I think so. Mondo Marvel, is it? or? I think so at marvel.com. I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to double check that. Um, and then if you want Spidey Office, it's Spidey Office at marvel.com. But, um, yeah. So if you like to, if you like what you see in a comic book, you have to let them know your feedback is incredibly important. If you don't feedback, they're not going to assume anything. So you need to let them know that you love these characters and you need to write them. So make sure you do it, guys. Yep. So next comic book up is uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Do you want to take it away, Lynn? All right. The title of this issue is Power and Responsibility. And every issue of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur starts out with a quote. This month's is Common Sense is Not So Common by Voltaire. Nice. Writer Brandon Montclair, artist Ray Anthony Height, inkers LeBeau Underwood, Ray Anthony Height, and Nate Lovett. Colorist Tamara Bonvillain, letterer Travis Lanham, and cover by Natasha Bustos. Yay! Yay! Okay, the story opens with Moon Girl on a rooftop, considering how not that many people like her. Why is she on a rooftop? Because she had Devil Dinosaur do some parkour in order to attract the attention of Spider-Man. Spidey takes the bait and shows up wanting to know what the emergency is, but Lunella just wants to talk science. She's gotten a hold of some of his webs, and she's got some questions about the chemistry. Spidey's not interested and tries to leave, until Lunella reveals that she has inferred his secret identity. Spidey points out that he also knows her secret identity, which is not that impressive because she doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> Spider-Man then tries to get away by webbing her to the roof, which only serves to enrage Devil Dinosaur. A chase ensues that devolves into a superhero versus superhero fight, with Spidey simultaneously dishing out some life advice, like spending your time on worthwhile stuff and not goofy inventions. <laughs> and that throwing a tantrum when you don't get your way isn't very smart. The lecture is interrupted by the arrival of the Pink Goblin, who's maybe a War of the Realms straggler. And Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur proceed to get underfoot. Lunella considers something her father says. To whom much is given, much will be required. Although she's pretty sure he didn't come up with that on his own. She and Devil Dinosaur rejoin the fight. The Pink Goblin is defeated. And Spidey and Moon Girl celebrate their victory with hot dogs on the roof and a hot dog cart for Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> Just the whole cart. So <laughs> well, he's a dino. He eats a lot. He he developed a taste in Secret Warriors while he yeah. was babysitting. Yeah. yeah. And hot dogs can be pretty delicious. <laughs> True. What what was your rating for this one? I gave this one a three point five out of five lock jaws. Yeah. The uh, while the art was very yeah. good. It didn't seem to click with the tone of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I thought when I read it the first time, she sounded extra cranky. Yes. Yeah. Because visually she looks the, like that. I think the usual cuteness of the art kind of takes the edge off her crankiness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. Um, I, I thought Spider-Man was kind of crabby too. Yeah, but I, I think, I, think uh, I, I guess you can understand why. Yeah, because it's like an eight-year-old kind of wanting to. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. get a part of your time just so you can improve. Well, mind you, she she did it for nice reasons, I guess. But this this issue to me felt very much like a a bit of a filler issue. Um, well, yeah, but it it seemed like she just seemed out of character to me. And I guess the art is a part of that. I don't know. I actually couldn't finish reading the issue. I I actually just kind of put it down. I was just like, I just, this is the moon girl I know, and I just kind of oh, okay. That's, put it down. That's a shame. I, it is a shame. Like, I was kind of just not feeling it. I was like, oh, it's not my, and, and I think I think the art was a big part of it. I don't think the art fit her at all. I think the art was almost too dark for moon girl. Like, yeah. I feel like they, like, I feel like if they were going to get an artist to replace Natasha for an issue, they should have gotten either like Veronica Fish or um who else? Uh whoever's I can't think of who's doing um Unstoppable Wasp right now, but she does a really good job too. But someone who can do art I don't know, I just the art <laughs> Someone who can do art, that's a <laughs> <laughs> they, they can do no I mean the art was very good I like the art but I think that art would have been better suited for like the Inhumans someone who can do well, art in a way uh, that isn't too adult but, yeah it's so, whimsical yeah. whimsical yes that is the word thank you yes whimsical that's the word and, and I, I, I'd argue it's a bit like issue 43 when it's not been uh, drawn by uh, Ray Anthony Height when it's uh, was it named Gustavo Duarte? Duarte. Duarte. Yeah, when when he's when he's drawing it, it's very much of that kind of whimsical kind of bit, which obviously we'll come to in a minute. But you know that fit Moon Girl a lot better than what Ray Anthony Height were his art. Yes, did. So. I I agree with that. I I like Lunella. If he had drawn Lunella in Secret Warriors, that would have been fine. Because the tone yeah. of that book was completely different than the tone of her own book. Yep. I would have been perfectly fine. Like, if this had been an issue of Secret Warriors, no complaints for me at all. But but for her own actual book, I feel like they should have gotten... I would love to see Veronica... Now that I've said it, I would really love to see Veronica Fish do an issue of Moon Girl. Do you, know what? Do you, do you ever get that moment where you're like, actually, I really want to see that? Yeah, and so, that was just that moment. It's like completely. I would love it. I was just about to say completely separate to anything that we're reviewing now is is I really want to see the um the Soska sisters. I think that's how you say their name. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, I really want to see them uh write Wolverine. Oh, that would be good. Because that would be fucking great. <laughs> that would be yeah. so good. Like, yeah. Yeah, anyway. they need to write more for Marvel. Anyway, but yeah, that's. That's it's the art just shot the issue for me. Yeah, I'm sorry to say. Yep. I think that's why we rated it, you know, relatively low compared to the rest of the books we're reviewing today. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, also, but, also, uh, Mr. Lafayette didn't come up with the uh, the quote on his own, did he? He did not. It's in fact a Bible quote. Uh, the actual quote is for unto whomsoever much is given. Of him shall be much required, and to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask much more. It's quite literally the Bibles with great power comes great responsibility. Can, can I ask a question? Because I mean, because you 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 found that out. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have to Google that, or did you know it off by heart? Or 
uh, d- despite 12 years of Catholic school, I had to Google it. I was going to say, that's a very, uh, you know, very I know it was a real thought. quote, though. I knew he did come up with it on his own. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. It's just, it's a very, very particular thing to uh, to point out. I think it's really cool. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, so should we move on to issue 43 of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur? Let's go on to issue 43, which uh, I gave a much higher rating. Yep. Yep. Um, I like that the title of the issue is called Me Thinks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take it away, Lynn? Okay, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 43, Me Thinks. Uh, this issue's quote is Intelligence is the ability to adapt to change. Stephen Hawking. Yep. Which is, again, appropriate because Moon Girl went through a, quite a long stint where she was trying to avoid pterogenesis as much as possible. Yeah. Yes. Okay, writer Brandon Montclair, artist Gustavo Duarte with Ray Anthony Height, colorist Tamara Bonvillain, letterer Travis Lanham, and... Covered by Natasha Bustos. Yay! Yay. (laughs) Okay, I'm actually going to say this too. Tamara Von Villain is a amazing colorist. Yep. Just to throw out some love there, because she's been coloring Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur since day one. And um, she nails it every time. And she's also currently coloring um, Ms. Marvel, or uh, Captain Marvel as well, with Carmen Carnero. Yeah, she is. And just... Yeah... She's a brilliant colorist, so she I just need to throw out some job. camera um, Bon villain love. She's amazing. So, and, and her her color palettes just again, you know, really, I don't know that it's hard to separate them from the comic. Yeah, kind of like Ian Herring and Ms. Marvel. Yeah, yes, it, it becomes like synonymous with Moon Girl. I think you know, going back to the the art we were just talking about, maybe that's the. Maybe that's the issue is the fact that the, the color is very, very bright and very vivid and very kind of, yeah, um, uh, you know, almost like, uh, cartoony. And, um, the, unfortunately, the Ray Anthony height, um, pencils and inks and stuff just maybe don't fit it as well. Yeah. I, I think, I think it is a case of the, um, the art not fitting the colors as opposed to the colors not fitting the art because, like you said, the colors have become synonymous with Moon Girl. So. Right. And I've seen that too, um, in other books. There was, um, I'm going to go, uh, as a reference for this. All New in- Inhumans by James Asmus. Great book. Um, the artist on that book was Stefano Caselli with colorist Andres Marsa, Massa, yeah. rather. Um, holy crap, was that book beautiful. Yep. But there were two issues done by, um, Andre Lima Arujo. Yes. And I felt like that artwork with Andre Maz's colors didn't quite mesh in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know exactly which issues you're talking about because um, yeah. it was the issue that I believe featured the, the spidey, uh, spidey issues. Yeah. And it featured the, um, the ripoff of One Punch Man, wasn't it? Yeah. Lynn? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Except that that wasn't intentional because I think we asked James Asmus about that in our interview. He goes, yeah, I, I had no idea about that until after it went to printing he goes because if i had known about it i would have made an actual joke in the script about it yeah. <laughs> that's true but, but we, so, we should we should we do the summary yeah let's do the summary okay now for the obligatory war of the realms tie-in issue winter has come to new york thanks to the invasion and moon girl is digging poor devil dinosaur out of the snow since yancey street is snowed in Moon Girl passes the time by telling Devil Dinosaur a story about one of their adventures. Once upon a time, 
Thor came to Midgard to beseech the aid of the wisest person in the Ten Realms. Finding Moon Girl, he whisked her and Devil Dinosaur off to Midgard. A prince was imprisoned by the dragon Bloma by Odin's will, and the only way to rescue him was to solve a riddle by Loki. Only one pure of heart could set the prince free. As Moon Girl set to solving Loki's puzzle, Devil Dinosaur befriended the Warriors Three. Once the heroes arrived at Bloma's castle, Moon Girl began to search through her gadgets. While inside the tower, Loki appeared to Prince Jokul to explain that he was forced to imprison him by Odin, but reassured him that help was on the way. An impatient devil dinosaur and the Warriors Three rush past Thor and Moon Girl into battle. A battle that gets cut short by a case of Twitter patient between Devil Dinosaur and Bloma. No. <laughs> Twitter patient, such a great word. Anyway, go ahead. In spite of this newfound love, Thor and the Warriors Three continue the fight, enraging Devil Dinosaur and forcing Moon Girl to come to his defense, knocking Mjolnir out of Thor's hand. But instead of returning to Thor, <laughs> Mjolnir found a worthier champion, Devil Dinosaur, who transformed into Thunder Lizard or Dino Thor. Yeah. <laughs> this is right up there with Bojack Norseman. Yes. So go ahead. <laughs> In the, so resulting, in the resulting chaos, it was revealed that little Prince Jokul was in fact a frost giant in disguise, imprisoned by Odin, and Loki's little riddle was just a ploy to get our heroes to set him free. Dino Thor, not knowing his own strength, walloped Jokul with Mjolnir, and he was sent flying out the window to freedom. Moon Girl then swore to get revenge on Jokul someday. Nobody fools her and gets away with it. Now, back on Yancey Street, Jokul arrives as part of Melikith's invasion, where Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur ambush him from the alley and chase him off panel. I gave this one a 5 out of 5 lockjaws. It was just fun. Yeah, yeah. It was so fun. I'm always happy to see the Warriors 3. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 think, um, I think the fact that you had uh, Dino Thor... Um, oh my god. <laughs> that's yeah. about, that just... <laughs> That just sums up what Moon Girl is about, and I, I know we say it so many times, but Moon Girl is just such a good all ages book. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just so good. I, I yeah. like the little uh, cameo of a Ghostbusters containment unit. I missed her. that. It, yeah. yeah, I have to admit, I missed that as well. But then again, um, I've I've never now. I've never seen Ghostbusters. You've never seen Ghostbusters. I've never seen Ghostbusters. I'm very sorry for you. I actually, I, I've seen all three of the original ones, and I've seen the remake, and I like the remake more. But that's me. I'm one of the few. I know. I, but I just, yeah, it's yeah. just not my kind of movie. That's okay. So I understand because I can't watch Aliens. I can. I, I thought that's quite a good movie. I like them. <laughs> So. Yeah, no, I couldn't. That just, the, yeah, no, I would have nightmares for months after that movie. So no, no aliens for me. Um, so no, I didn't see that. Uh, Dinosaur, and yeah, so, that was just that was what Moon Girl's about, and it redeemed the previous. Yeah, that, that definitely redeemed the previous issue because it was much more of a you know, Moon Girl esque kind of artist. I think they. The artist on this one worked really well with um, Tamara Bond villain. Yes. And uh, I, I still I still love her surname. So it's it's yeah. almost Bond villain. It's like it's so good. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I haven't read War of the Realms yet because um, I'm behind. I'm so behind. Just I started catching up. I, did issue five come out yet? Because if it did, I didn't buy it this weekend, and I need to run back to my comic shop and buy it. <laughs> I only just. Uh, I haven't even read issue one yet. So. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good, and the it's art is good. just. Gorgeous. Oh yeah, no, that, it's a beautiful um, book. It's been really good, even though. And if you, even if you haven't read all the Thor books leading into War of the Realms, you're still pretty good reading this. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I don't feel lost, and now I'm sitting here going, now I need to read all the tie-ins. And then there was the recent tie-in with Spidey and all the flying horses, and I'm just upset because all the flying horses keep dying, and my little equestrian heart can't take it. <laughs> Yeah, see, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a point to catch up this week. Yeah, I can't take it. I can't. That last issue, the um, Strike Force to go get Thor. Yeah, no, that hurt. That hurt a lot. I was like sobbing at the end of that issue. It's always good when comics make you feel like that, right? Yes, it is good, and that <laughs> issue did it for me. So, um, if you're not reading more of the realms, do so. I'm glad I decided to buy into the event. See, I'm, I'm just, I, I feel like I'm still a bit. Uh, on the edge of um, event fatigue. Uh, just talk about yeah, talk about War of the Realms. I th- I feel like I've still got a bit of event fatigue. So, like you know, I didn't do I didn't do the the Avengers one, whichever one that was. Um, the the no not snow surrender no road home. The, yeah, no road home because I just like I can't do another weekly book, uh, especially after the X Men weekly book, which was just a disappointment. Um, uh, th- this one is worth it. Yeah, it is yeah. worth it. It's absolutely worth it, and I'm going to be buying that in collected editions once it comes out for sure. Yeah, I think um, I'll, I'll probably do that. Cause... Daredevil is just great in it. Oh my god, I love Matt Murdock. <laughs> Matt, let me tell you something. Um, the TV show like got me interested in Daredevil, but then I started reading Zdarsky's Daredevil run, and I, I have and I've read part of Wade's run too, and so Wade's run made me like Daredevil, but. Daredevil is quickly becoming a favorite character of mine. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. yeah, and Daredevil's awesome. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark Shadow yeah. draws a really sexy Matt Murdock. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, let's let's uh <laughs> let's yeah. move on to Marvel Rising issue two. <laughs> <laughs> Before Which... I start waxing poetic on Matt Murdock. <laughs> but has I... has met Matt Murdock yet? Uh, I, I, I think so. Yeah, I remember a cover or something where she was. Was it like um where she needed to get a replacement for Devil Dinosaur? Is that the issues? Oh yeah, yep. yeah, right. Was that yes? It? That was it. So it's someone like that, and I, I do, I do yes. remember them yeah. interacting yeah. at least. Yes, you are right. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, Daredevil's been one of those characters I want to get into. I bought the whole of the Soul of Souls run, Charles Souls run. Um, yeah, and I bought uh, the definitive Daredevil collection. In the UK, we have like a different publisher that publishes a load of um, Marvel books, and it's like Panini imprint, and they mm. produce these like definitive edition books. I don't know if you have them in the US, but uh, no, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't see them when I was there. But they're basically like just big hardbacks of like the best of that character. So I have like the definitive Daredevil, which is you know I haven't read it yet. There's there's a lot of stuff I haven't read. I think that's yeah. the gist of this episode is you know not read anything really. This is why I have Marvel Unlimited. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I have Once too. again, it's my just, plug for Marvel Unlimited helped you get caught up real quick. Well, within with up to six months ago, anyway. Yeah. Because it updates uh, with the new issues in six months after they right. come out. So if you want to get anything in trade before that, obviously it's it's a little bit costs right. more, but yeah. But it, it's a steal at what ten dollars a month right now. You can buy it. You can get it for like sixty bucks for the year. Yeah, yeah. So I, I pay right. for and it, and that's like, and you have access to like twenty thousand comics or more. It's like crazy. When I've, a comic is now four or five dollars a pop. Yeah. 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 So you, you get your money's worth. I think the yeah. thing is, in the UK, it's still, strictly speaking, it's still cheaper for me to buy the comic book in paper than it is for me to go digital completely, um, which is weird. But yeah, that's the way it is. So I, I tend to buy Marvel Comics and then I redeem the digital code and then I read digital. But that's also because I like to have a physical thing in front of me. But yes. But yeah, Marvel, Marvel Rising 2. Rising number two. All right, Marvel Rising number two, Heroes of the Round Table Part Two, with writer Nyla Magruder, artist Roberto DeSalvo, colorist Rochelle Rosenberg. Also an excellent colorist. Sorry. Uh, letterer Clayton Cowles, and a cover by Audrey Mock. When last we left our heroes, Ms. Marvel was about to be run over by a Jeep driven by a young man in Morgan Le Fay's thrall. She is saved by none other than Tippy-Toe, who somehow knows how to hotwire a car. <laughs> Never underestimate Tippy-Toe. As the remaining three jousting cars circle them, Quake arrives to help, and the thralls are quickly apprehended. Quake has been tracking down an artifact that was stolen from the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Eye of the Grain necklace from issue number one. Some of her old shield tech alerted her to the thefts, but did indicate why the object was dangerous. The thralls are awfully chatty and spill the beans about the return of Morgan Le Fay. Kamala puts the pieces together with her knowledge of folklore, while Squirrel Girl references her Deadpool trading cards. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, that, now that they know what they're up against, the help of a reluctant quake is enlisted, and she tracks the Eye of a Grain to New Adelan. Dante has some reservations. All the people he wants to avoid are in New Adelan. The fact that he's banished may also have something to do with it. But the team decides to stick together and they head out to rescue the Inhumans. Meanwhile, Morgan Le Fay has arrived at New Adelan with an army of monsters, some of which she sends after the team. An epic battle ensues and Squirrel Girl calls in America Chavez as reinforcements. The issue concludes with Dante being bitten by one of the monsters, which results in him also coming under the influence of Morgan Le Fay. Dun dun dun! This one, 3.5 out of 5 Lockjaws. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that for one one sole reason, <laughs> which is um, which is the fact that uh, apparently Deadpool says, fun fact, uh, cupcakes are called fairy cakes in Great Britain. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> fairy cakes and cupcake cakes are very different. A fairy cake is a smaller kind so of cupcake, and it's not iced in the same way that a cupcake is. That's... But is that like what you call lemonade over there is different than what we call lemonade here? Yeah, but lemonade in the UK is better. Whatever. <laughs> lemonade in the UK is basically Sprite. Yes. Yeah. Which is which is great. Sprite's amazing. Uh, casual sponsor. No, we're not sponsored by Sprite. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I wish we were. But um, but no, I mean, basically, fairy cakes are a thing and cupcakes are a thing. They're two separate cakes. Uh, a cupcake is generally bigger than a fairy cake. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was that's my that's my rant over for the day. Okay. <laughs> so uh, as long as we're being persnickety, uh, we also had a, a little, I don't know, bit of a mistake in the art. When America appears through her portal, it's round instead of star shaped. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. I have to admit, I actually missed this issue. I had no idea it had come out. And then when I showed up at my um, LCS, like, I don't know if they forgot to pull it for me or what. I, I had issue three in my pull, but not issue two. Weird. And yeah. I d- it never even occurred to me, like. In issue number three, it's fixed. But okay, in issue two, fixed. her portal is round. Oh, uh, well, that makes me. I'm okay then. I guess. I also felt like um, America was potentially written slightly differently to what she has been in previous books. She's a little bit less, a little bit less cocky. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it, I think. Um, you know, she has got kind of like that attitude about her, which you know is kind of what defines her character, really. But she's confident in herself and sometimes comes across a bit cocky. But she didn't get that in this book. She was very much a team player. I I think they've toned down America a bit for the Marvel Rising books, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, that's yeah. That, I I think that's true. I think you're completely right there. I think they've toned her down quite a bit than what she what we usually see her as. Yeah, um, because it's kind of like she she comes along and it was kind of where do you want me? I'll you know, I'm here to help and all that kind of stuff and right slightly different to how we've seen her in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she would have complained about it. Yeah. I mean, she kind of did. She kind of did on the telephone, but... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they toned her down. Yes. Uh, What are your thoughts on it, it, Lynn? Well, we had a lot of references to the Secret Warriors series that Matt Rosenberg wrote. Which is great. Which is awesome. Also, kind of surprising, though, because this Marvel Rising is an all-ages book. And Secret Warriors is definitely not was was not. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's true. And it's kind of um, I, I guess this is trying to tie in with the TV series. But I guess what kind of age group would be watching the TV series? I guess it's kind of like anywhere between you know early well late well sort of early teens back to what eight or nine years old. I guess probably on the TV. So yeah, I guess it is a little bit <laughs> a little bit older for them. Um, yeah, mind you, it's got Moon Girl in, so Secret Wars. I mean, yeah, yeah, but somehow Matthew Rosenberg made that work really well. Yeah, yes, that that is one of my favorite books. Moon Girl and Karnak is like the best, one of the best team ups ever. By the way, I'm ever, I love them. Um, there, there seemed to be a bit of a love triangle in this one. It is alluded to several times throughout these two issues. I didn't even pick up on it. I have to admit, neither did I initially. Well, no, Daisy and Dante. Mm-hmm. Which, I in Secret that. Warriors... Yeah. Right. Well, I really didn't have a crush on him. I think she just didn't like Daisy. I, I don't know. In the last few issues, I think she kind of confronted him about it, potentially. Is that, I mean, if, am I remembering it right? I, I, I need to reread, obviously, but... In the 
like one of the last issues he says something to her about it and she's like no you're nuts i just don't like her yeah yeah that's true um but yeah I, I, kamala is too young compared to those two yeah because yeah. dante dante's been written a lot younger than what he was initially in charles souls when he's supposed to be in like his mid-20s i think he still is though isn't he he's, or at least he's early yeah. 20s at, at, at yeah, but, and but, Daisy's supposed to be about the same age. I mean, I know Daisy's young; she's like a prodigy. But I don't I, know. I, I ship Kamala and Mar and and Miles. So yeah, I mean that that makes but that makes sense because they are right. similar age. But yeah, I like, what what was your comment, Lynn? Uh, how how many love interests does Kamala really need? So, yeah. yeah, it's like like she's Wolverine. She doesn't, really, <laughs> she doesn't really need any, honestly. She's fine as she is. Yeah, she, exactly. she doesn't. She she really doesn't. She works too well on her own. But I I just liked your comment and saying, uh, "What is she, Wolverine?" So, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. But yeah, I, I, it's a great issue. Um, I, but I think it's it's a Marvel Rising book. It is meant to be an all ages book, and it does feel like an all ages book. Um, the issue I had with it was um, the art sometimes felt a bit like it was trying to do one thing whilst doing the other. So in some scenes it was trying to be like um like quite cartoony, and then in other scenes it was like the the faces were actually drawn a bit more kind of a bit more detailed a bit more human. So I was a bit disappointed in that respect. So I don't know how you guys felt. Um, I was okay with it. I didn't really have any particular complaints. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I'm with Saren on this one. Fair enough. I'll uh, I'll keep my opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, should we move on to issue three of Marvel Rising? Marvel Rising number three, Heroes of the Round Table, Part Three. Writer Nyla Magruder, artist Roberto Di Salvo and Jorge Duarte. Colorist Rochelle Rosenberg, letterer Clayton Cowles, and cover by Audrey Mock. The story resumes in the middle of the battle between the heroes and the forces of Morgan Le Fay. Under the influence of Morgan, Dante is turned on his teammates. Elsewhere, Kamala gets into an argument-slash-fight with one of the thralls, who points out that the mighty waters come to Morgan's aid. The bad guys, including Dante, make a hasty retreat with our heroes in pursuit. Back in New Adelan, Morgan Le Fay is met at the gates by none other than Iso, Frank McGee, and Mosaic. Frank! Frank. I love Frank. And I love Mosaic, because it's good to see him. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Mor- <laughs> Morgan, offers up her ter- Morgan offers up her terms. Surrender or die. As her army attacks, Morgan puts an invisibility shield around herself and her thralls and heads outside to be closer to the water. America teleports everyone to New Adelan, and Kamala tells the team what she learned about Morgan Le Fay's magic being powered by water. Specifically, the water of the Atlantic Ocean. And the team comes up with a plan. As most of the team, plus Ember from the previous Marvel Rising series, come to the aid of the Inhumans, Ms. Marvel and America confront Morgan Le Fay. The rest of the team arrives, Morgan leaps off the walls of New Adelan into the Hudson, and reemerges atop a gigantic Leviathan. I give this one a 4 out of 5 Lockjaws. I agree. I want to point out that the cover for this particular issue is probably my favorite so far. I thought it was really good. It felt like a um, 
like a homage to um, almost like a is it like Maleficent or I can't remember how do you pronounce it? No, Maleficent. Yeah, yeah, you did good. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a homage to that, I think, or is it something else? It might be something else. She was very Disney villainish on this cover. Yeah, 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 and that's it. it just it just gives me that Disney vibe, which. Obviously, <laughs> it's Morgan Le Fay. Come on, yeah, but also, also, villains or should be, yeah. And I mean, I mean, Marvel Rising probably goes out on the Disney Channel, so it's not exactly unforeseen, really, is it? No. Um, so there was one thing, and we spoke about this before we started recording, which I'm going to be really, really nitpicky about, which is about the uh, the fact that she draws her power from the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, it's just the fact that she says she has to be close to water. Well, despite what everybody says, the UK is actually quite a big country. (laughs) And you're not always next to water. So, and that's just my kind of nitpicky um, thing of the day. I'm saying, I still think it's maybe that just she's now near this huge body of water and it's giving more power than she's ever had. Yeah, I mean, that's that's potentially because I realised, um, I was just thinking about it whilst we were going through the summary, and I also realised that the Hudson is actually a tributary on, onto the, it goes out onto the, the Atlantic Ocean, doesn't it? So and It's a huge river, like, it's got to be over a mile wide by the time you get to New York City. Yeah, so... It's huge. So I think that might actually be the reference because it was kind of more so than what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge river. The Hudson is no joke. Yeah, I know, but um, what I mean is it actually goes out onto the Atlantic Ocean. It literally just yes. goes straight there rather than what I originally thought, which was that they were referencing the Atlantic Ocean in the UK. Oh. Yeah. No. So, because obviously she's, uh, what, like King Arthur's sister or something? Yes. So, yeah. Um, which, yeah, I mean, Camelot, you know, that that's, goes all about like Camelot and that kind of stuff. And yeah, in, in, in England. But uh, enough of that. <laughs> your, your mosaic. Guys... <laughs> I'm so happy we saw Mosaic because if you haven't read Jeff Dorn's run on Mosaic, you really should. He's a really interesting character. I need to reread that. I, so I, do I. And but, I um, just just to comment, I I really do miss Jeff Vaughn. Um, yes. Like because he he is like the one of the nicest comic book writers, or just one of the nicest people <laughs> I think we've yes. ever had on this show because he's just so full of energy and he's just so kind of like willing to to do stuff i think that's one of his sayings i know he wrote the black panthers quest storyline on the tv shows yes he did yep and it's amazing so you need to watch that too yeah i need to catch up with that i i I don't i don't get um like i don't get like disney channel or anything so it's a shame yes it is. Um, the other thing I really liked also, guys, because I'm going to mention Spider-Woman again, uh, Morgan Le Fay is one of Spider-Woman's biggest parts of her rogues gallery. Like, she, like, was totally throughout the original Spider-Woman run, so you should read that. Um, that and when she was in Weird World. Yes, she was in Weird World. Um, she, and I'm surprised that actually, was that mentioned when she first came over? She yes. She finally found yes. her way out of Weird World? Yeah. Yeah, it was briefly mentioned. Yeah, if you haven't read, if you want to know what Morgan Le Fay was up to in Weird World and why she was trying to get back, you need to read that because that's really, you'll break your heart. Yeah, it'll break your heart. It's really good. Um, Ember, I was glad to see Ember. I was glad she was not forgotten. She's cranky, per usual. I expect nothing less from Ember. 
but I'm glad to see that she was in there because I, th- I think Ember's a really actually interesting character. And you know, something I really like about this series, and um, I know a lot of people don't like the way that Marvel structure their books now, which is basically if they get a new creative team, they restart the uh, the numbering. I think it really works for this series um, because this is it's like I, I really appreciate how they've broken it out into. You know, Marvel Rising, the Alpha, the Omega, and all that sort of stuff last time, and then this time it's, you know, the next Marvel Rising book. I, I just, I, I think I've just. I think, I, I, and honestly, I think, um, so far, I think I've preferred Devin Grayson's Marvel Rising. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't read that one. It's really good. You should, yeah. Um, and we had her on the show, and she's awesome. Yeah. Um, she is. But. The numbering on that, I think, confused a lot of people, and I think Marvel listened to that. Definitely, and they yeah, numbered yeah. it like a normal comic this time, which I, I think is why you write people, Marvel. Yeah, but, but I, I, I think I just really like the fact that um, you had one, two, three, four, five last time, and then you could have one, two, three, four, five this time, and you don't have to do them consecutively, and you can have self-contained right. stories all the way through, and. Right. Um, and I've started to, I've actually started to read a lot of books like that because obviously I'm so far behind where I'm like some issues I've have had five or six issues out, and I'm kind of questioning the way that I buy books. You know what I mean? And it's it's books like this because they work so well as a self-contained thing, um, which is kind of a shame, but also not of a shame because it 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 means that you get the collected edition and you know whatever. But again. That's just <laughs> my ramblings. Okay. Um, should we move on to the next book? I think we should. The the final book of the day, isn't it? Oh, yes. yeah, it is. Wow. All right. Last up, we have Marvel Team Up number two. With writer Eval Ewing, artist Joey Vasquez, colorist Felipe Sobrero, Letterer Clayton Cowles, cover by Stefano Caselli and Triona Farrell. Our Freaky Friday story continues as Spidey and Kamala realize that they've had a mind swap. Kamala is understandably freaked out, but mind swaps are old hat for Peter by now. (laughs) Poor Peter. (laughs) After a brief unmasking, their minds switch back for a few seconds. Thanks to the events of Superior Spider-Man... Peter implanted a chip in himself to avoid this exact situation in the future. Apparently, it's not 100% effective against Dr. Rosario's mind transfer tech. Unfortunately, Dr. Rosario can't help, as she's been taken away by security and is likely in hiding. Now it's time for some goofy fun, as Kamala and Spidey attempt to use each other's powers and try to figure out how they're going to navigate daily life until they can figure this out. Luckily, Just before they reach Kamala's house, they switch back into the correct bodies. Peter decides they need to stay close in case they switch again. And conveniently, Kamala's neighbors are away, and she has the key to their house that she can lend them. The next morning, they switch again. And while Kamala deals with the grown-up world of bills and job interviews, Peter learns the joys of flavored lip gloss and gets to experience racist Islamophobic mean girls and menstrual cramps. Later in the day, they switch back, and over rooftop hot dogs, they discuss how they've ruined each other's lives. <laughs> in the distance, they spot a robbery at the chemical plant and get another chance to try out each other's powers. They don't get the hang of it until it's too late. The robbers escape, and to add insult to injury, 
There's a captured security guard there to tell them they suck. Later, Peter coaches Kamala on using his powers, blissfully unaware that they're too late. The jackal has already found and captured Dr. Rosario. Dun, dun, dun. I gave this one a five out of five lockjaws. I, I give it five out of five as well because I absolutely adored this issue. <laughs> like, Eve Ewing is uh, probably one of my absolute favorite writers at Marvel right now. She She's so good. Like genuinely, she's just she's doing so much fun, so much good on Ironheart. Um, I so need to read she, that. Uh, it's the first collected edition out on that yet. Uh, it will be soon because I think the first five issues are now out. Um, if it's a, well, it might be first six, but it'll be out soon. Um, but what she's doing awesome. on Marvel Team Up is just is just so fun, and also it kind of touches on the more serious kind of points of um of Ms Marvel like the the islamophobic comments um i kind of really appreciated how that was put in there because it was it was dealt with you know kind of how how two thread uh, two friends would 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 ask each other about it um and and yeah, yeah. and then the menstrual cramps that was the oh my god <laughs> <laughs> It feels like my appendix is about to explode. Oh, oh. I thought I was going to die. Yeah, I, I, just, I love that bit. And you tell us to suck it up. <laughs> now you know, Peter. Now you know what it's like. Oh, it was, it was and, uh, so good. And uh, jo- I think Joey Vasquez did a really good job with this issue. Yeah. Showing who's in whose body, just with facial expressions and body language. Yeah. That's some good art there. It it kind of reminded me of like I don't know if you guys have watched Orphan Black. Tatiana Tatiana Maslany is a freaking genius. I'm just gonna say that. Okay, I'm done. Because <laughs> I, I always love those episodes where a clone was disguised as another clone, and you knew who was who. Yes. Yeah, I have to. Admit, I haven't seen that. It was a. It was a. So, um, she's yeah. a genius. Yeah. She is because she if she can like. So she has, she's playing what six different clones, and then she's a clone pretending to be a clone, and it's that's hard. Yeah, I, I watched. Like, I think I watched the first episode because it was aired here on like BBC Three or something. So um, I just never caught yeah. the rest of it. So he, the, he, him being able to translate that onto to paper. Yep. Kudos, man. That's some awesome work there. Definitely. Um, also, what? Uh, sorry, carry on. I was going to say, I appreciated the cromulent joke, <laughs> which I don't know if everybody's a Simpsons fan, but this was a great Simpsons reference. Please explain to those Shall I explain for yes. the non-Simpsons? Yes, okay. Back in season seven of The Simpsons, there's an episode, Lisa the Iconoclast, and all the kids in the, the grade school are in the auditorium watching this educational video about Jebediah Springfield, the founder of Springfield. And in the at the end of the video, Jebediah Springfield says, a noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. And it cuts back to the back of the uh, auditorium, and Mrs. Krabappel and Mrs. Hoover are back there. And Mrs. Krabappel's like, I, I never heard that word before I moved to Springfield. And Mrs. Hoover, I don't know why. It's a perfectly cromulent word. <laughs> yeah, and then and then and the that, fact- that's where Kamala got her in, you know, in big in from. 
Right. And, but that might be where she got her in Biggin from, but in Biggin was not added to the dictionary until she started using it regularly. Yeah. Yes. Cromulent made it into the dictionary first. Which is yeah. it's just it's just weird because you think words that are made up in like, you know, popular culture end up in the dictionary. It's just like, wow. Yes, uh, yes, because there's there is a cute scene in this issue where Peter's trying to embiggen by just using the word. She's like, <laughs> It's not a magic word, Peter. It's not like yes. Shazam. So. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know. It's crom- It's perfectly cromulent. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, yes. I, I really like that touch. And I, I do genuinely believe that e-viewing is, is going to be a big name at Marvel soon. I hope if so. If not already. Because um, she, she just, she manages to write just, just characters so well and i don't know how she does it yeah. because it's just like yeah it's, it's similar to it's, it's really similar to saladin ahmed actually um just the way that she kind of captures just them um yeah i, I really I, need to add Ironheart to my pull list i've got to start doing that yes you do it's so good um Ironheart is is probably one of my other favorite books at at marvel at the moment um Sort of other than the likes of like Fantastic Four, uh, Marvel I Team Up is really nice. I love Riri's new costume. I like it so much more than the old one. Just gonna say that. Yeah, it's kind of had like a bit of a facelift, really. It's still, it's still kind of, it still has the same as like our original costume, uh, original suit, right? But it's um, still different enough that it's like yeah, a little like the the actual heart on her. Um, on her suit is actually a heart shape now as opposed to it was a bit more squared off uh, back in the day. Yeah. But it's, 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 awesome. it's weird because it's she's like one of those characters where I, I think I have almost every appearance of her and I didn't realise. Um, and it's because, yeah, she came, she's first featured in 2015's Invincible Iron Man just after Secret Wars ended. Um, it's just, wow, has she been around that long yeah, already? Yeah. Four years? Yep. Because she was wow. in, she was in Invincible Iron Man. Then she was in Champions. Uh, then she was in Invincible Iron Man, the next volume. Um, then the search for Tony Stark after he came out of his coma. Right. Um, and then she got, yeah. Oh. Then she got this book. So you know, she's she's been around for quite a few, but for four years now, nearly. I didn't realize it was that long. I only thought it was like two. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it, it's really cool. I I, I kind of say I suggest. You know, go and get all of the books she's featured in because they, she adds quite a nice little, um, you know, like a nice aspect to these books. Good to know. Um, so going back to um, Peter and Kamala, <laughs> Peter has some question, opinions about cats. Yeah, he um, he's not too happy about having to share the house with a cat in this one. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah. He's not a fan. I I don't blame him. That's a joke. You, that's, Peter. That's, that's a joke. I have a cat. But but I, he is, you know he does have spider powers. So. Yeah, so yes. spider and, and cats love to um, eat spiders. Eat spiders. In fact, it's one of my favorite scenes in the um, the Harry Potter book. So I've just recently re-listened to them on audiobook. And uh, one of my favorite scenes is when Crookshanks has a spider, and uh, and Ron, who is famously afraid of spiders, um, is like, "Does he have to do that in front of us?" Yes, so. of course he does, because he's a cat. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it also makes me. Uh, it also explains some things too. Well, it took me a minute that, you know, Wasp also, and the Unstoppable Wasp has issues with Peter too, which is interesting because wasps and spiders aren't friends either. So, but Peter not liking cats totally explains why Jessica Drew doesn't like cats either. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, 
We're really racking up those Jessica Drew references like today, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> um, but no, I... I, I, I love that book. Um, and you know what really annoys me is I, ha- I, I got home uh, after going to the US for two weeks and I still hadn't had it on my, uh, on my pool list. So I've had to buy every issue for like the next three or four uh, three issues or so up to... Uh, were you able to find a comic shop here in the US while you were here just to check one out? Uh, no, because I was in, um, so I was in Aiken, South Carolina, which is, is like in the middle of nowhere, really. Like when you compare it to other places and the nearest city was like Augusta or, um, Charleston down on the coast. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I, I can't really travel a hundred miles in a taxi. No, no, so you couldn't. That'd be expensive. Of, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, I mean, yeah, I'm happy to just, uh, to buy comics here in the UK. It was fine. Okay. Nice, the US was fine. The US was nice though. There's a really good. Um, there's a bookshop called uh, Books a Million, which is pretty good. Is that the used one? What is the used bookshop? I don't know. It's a chain. No, no, Lynn, you would know it. It's out in the is, Midwest. It's in Ohio. It book, isn't it Books a Million? I thought it had a different name. Maybe it is Books a Million. It's a used bookshop though. Yeah. Yeah. But this, it's a chain. This, this wasn't. This wasn't used. This was all new stuff. Is no, it, it wasn't. They might have had used stuff there. It's a used bookstore chain, and it was really great. I found some good stuff there, and it's not called Books a Million. It's something else. It's a really clever name, but apparently it's not clever enough for me to remember. Yeah, and no, Books a Million was really good, because I got the um, I got two the two volumes of She-Hulk by Charles Soule, um, which I'd been on the lookout for a long time. But they were oh, like, I have those. They were like $5 each, so I was like, hell yeah, I'm picking that up. <laughs> that's like less than £3 in the UK, and that's like unheard of. So that was really good. And what else did I pick up? I got something else, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, it's um, Calex- Calexit, which is a uh, a nice little um, it's a nice little like political based book along how ca- California wants to uh, exit from the rest of the United States. Okay. <laughs> so they were some uh, nice picks I got. That's awesome. I cannot remember. Oh, is it half price books? I can't. I have, oh, I have never been to one of those. I think it's half price books. I see it's just a used bookstore chain and they're really awesome. Yeah. So I, I loved used yeah. book places. It's so good, but Yeah. Now around me we only have um little independent used bookstores. Yeah, in Ohio, when I was in Ohio, I am when I go to visit my friends from college, we always go to half price books because I can find some really good, like hard to find trades there. Yeah. So I just um, I just take tweet for that. I can't. I don't even know where there's a used bookstore around me. I should try probably try and find one. Yep. Um, but I guess that's everything, huh? It is. Um, yeah, it's quite a quite, quite a big one this episode. Hopefully, we uh, we will we'll spend some time and uh, not get so far behind and have to do review six books in in, in a, an episode or however many we just did. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, if you wanna contact us you can email us at the show at com or on twitter which is at atalanrising1 i mean we, we read every every comment every uh message we do. so and you can always uh find me and lynn live tweeting agents of shield on friday night that's, an, that's, that's just started again in the uk well they started it early for you well it's usually about six weeks after the uh the first it's issue still goes. early because we were only on what issue, episode four, three of the season. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. But yeah, but yeah. I, I still yeah. need to catch up, so I I need to get um, 
<laughs> so I need to get a TV for myself to put my Xbox onto so I can actually watch Blu-rays and I can just binge watch everything. <laughs> yeah, um, no, but um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if you guys have not been watching, has been off the wall this season. It's been so great. That's good. Yeah, yeah um, it's just plain, flat-out, bizarre fun. I love it. I was going to say, because they can't really tie it into the MCU at the moment, can they? Not yet, but I would be surprised if they didn't find a way to do it again with the Disney Plus coming. And also, guys, I'm just going to say this right now. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a little show that could, because it's already been renewed for Season 7. So even though se- on that. <laughs> even though Season 6 was meant to be the final season. Season 5 was meant to be the final season, yeah, and they true. renewed it for Season 6. And then they were so happy with Season 6 before it even aired, they went, Season 7! Yeah. Season yeah. 6 is... I think so far my favorite. It's just been. Oh my. Enoch. <laughs> Enoch. Oh my god, Enoch. <laughs> Poor Enoch. That episode has been my favorite ever. Oh god, oh. I love him. I love him so much. He's so, quickly become a favorite character. I'm glad they brought him back. So it's just a uh, just a quick one before we do go. Have you, you guys got any reading recommendations that uh, you want to share? Does it have to be comic book related? Uh, no. No, you can make anything if you want. Um, if you have not read the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs, um, you need to. It's Werewolves and Vampire and the Fae, and it's really, really good urban fantasy. Um, her most recent book that came out was Storm Cursed, and it's fucking scary as shit. Well, it's not really scary as shit. It's, it's really good, but she makes the bad guys very, very scary. So... At least to me, and I'm keep it in mind that I'm a wimp, and things scare me e- more easily than they scare other people. But it, it's good storytelling. It's good storytelling, so you should read it. That's good, Lynn. You've got any uh, recommendations? Well, I do. If if you want to learn more about Arthurian legends and Morgan Le Fay, you should pick up oh, a copy of everything. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you you should pick up a copy of the Acts of King Arthur and His Noble Knights by John Steinbeck. It is a classic. But we won't take your word for it. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> the last book I read by John Steinbeck was, I think, The Red Pony, and it made me sad because The Red Pony died in like the first chapter, and then there was no more pony after that, and it has still had like eighty pages left, and I was sad. Oh. <laughs> so, my recommendation would be because uh, I've I've basically gone back and started rereading the uh, Avengers by Jonathan Hickman. They put that in novel format, by the way. Um, Hickman's Infinity. They put that all. Yeah, they put it in novel form. Um, I forget who the author that did it, but I saw it um, in Barnes and Noble the other day. I was like, "Well, shit, look at that! It's in novel form." And um, I might bring it up next time I go. They're doing that a lot. They're doing it with Dark Phoenix Saga as well, which yeah, it doesn't need it. But Mm. anyway, I think that's the uh, (laughs) that's everything gone through. Um, thank you for joining us and we shall speak to you in the next episode so until next time bye bye okay guys